Selena, I contend one of the truths I think that shaped us early on in our marriage. Now, I think I'll say early on in the the not dumb years of our marriage. So maybe like four years Last in. Last year. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> we had this realization that to keep things, to keep the lines of communication clear, our axiom was be quick to apologize, fast to forgive. Mm-hmm. I think that has to do with keeping short accounts, Mm -hmm. which coincidentally, we're talking about that here today, right? Right. All right, folks, you're in for a treat. Selena wrote this rundown, so we'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Selena, I have high expectations for this episode because I... You know how I love pressure. (laughs) I love it when Selena writes the the Charles Minor rundown. (laughs) No one knows what that is, but Selena knows, but she has no, yet to tell me. If you know, me. you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, so if you don't know who we are, yes. do, you want to, do you want to introduce nope, go the ahead. Fredericks? Okay, <laughs> I'm the Fredericks. Oh, we are the Fredericks. I'm Ryan. This is my wife, Selena. Uh, and baby Sunny is here with us once again. You know, she's not off to college yet. No, she's, what, seven weeks old now? Seven weeks old. Yeah. Thank goodness, because I've got lots of time. I get to know this one. Uh, so she may be making uh, an appearance here, but thank you for joining us. We uh, we do this ministry. We feel like God has given us this ministry to just point couples to Christ so that we might be families created for the glory of Christ. And uh, we pray that this is edifying to you. If you haven't yet, smash that subscribe button on YouTube. If you're a subscriber on the podcast, make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. If you're a parent, Hop over to the Fierce Parenting Podcast on the audio. If you're on YouTube, it'll just come out in two days, the parenting episodes. I'm excited for this week's parenting episode. It's, uh, we're, we're, it's going to be good. We're opening up a new conversation. It's going to be a, a lengthy series. Yeah. Of more in-depth conversations around very specific topics. That's as titillated as you will have to do. <laughs> so you have to go check out Fierce Parenting Podcast or just hang out on the YouTube channel in two days when the parenting episodes drop on Thursdays. So speaking of parenting, there she is. There she is. <laughs> what do we got today? Well, like you said, we're talking about keeping short accounts, being quick to forgive and repent. Uh, fast, what did you say? Quick to forgive? <laughs> quick to apologize, fast to forgive. Yes. Um, that has made us faster at fighting and faster at resolving conflict. And that took us a long time to learn. I wish somebody would have, oh wait, it's in the Bible. But I do wish somebody would have said, hey, you know, you could be faster at forgiving. You could be quicker to apologize. Uh, not that we ever held grudges, I think, but sometimes I think how we interact with one another, how we choose to yeah. talk to one another uh, or not, if we decide to give the cold shoulder, often depends on how we're feeling towards one another instead of just resolving to right. offer uh, for, offer uh, an apology or forgive one another quickly when those apologies are offered. It's good. All right, why don't you grab that, baby? I'm going to read this passage. This is James uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? This is the NASB version, by the way. Is the source not your pleasures that wage war in your body's parts? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. And you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says to no purpose, he jealously desires the spirit whom he has made to dwell in us? 
but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Be double-minded. Be miserable, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a spicy verse. It is a spicy verse. Uh, and I really, I feel like it fits kind of the conversation and direction we're going because uh, we are, in order to talk about keeping a short account, uh, in order to extend forgiveness, to be able to apologize, we have to first acknowledge the reasons why we are doing those things because mm-hmm. inevitably we're going to have conflict in this beautiful yeah. covenantal marriage, right? We are yeah. two fallen sinners, broken uh, we have desires. It says that the quarrels are not necessary necessarily because of the other person, right? It's because of the the war that wages within us f- mm. for desires that are maybe not of God, right? I, I don't know that the desires God gives us would lead us to quarreling. Hmm. Um, and even the desires that are from him, James is saying that you ask, yet you ask in a faithless way, therefore you do right. not receive. So on some level, there's a... Uh, a sin or at least a faithlessness. Yeah, there's a warning about what what we're valuing and what we're treasuring, right? And so I wanted to read a quote out of this book. It's uh, Because He Loves Me by Elise Fitzpatrick. Uh, she's one of my one of my favorite authors. She's just real solid. Uh, she talks about this verse and in terms of anger because I obviously if you are in conflict, there's going to be some element of anger involved. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be raging and yelling, but you can even giving the cold shoulder and not responding is a form of anger. So talking about conflict, talking about the elements of conflict and what are the actual, what's the actual, if we get down to the issues, hmm. you know, what, what does it boil down to? Uh, so I'm just going to read a quote here uh, in this chapter about, um, about God cleansing us and forgiveness and all that. So the gospel declarations, the Lord has made are meant to free us from our never ending craving for more because he has made us his own and given us everything in Christ. We don't have to shove others aside, envy them, fight with them or murder them. She's talking about this passage in James. Uh, We've got something better, a God who delights in drawing near to us, exalting us and granting us grace. James four, six, three, eight. The gospel frees us from demanding our own way because nothing we desire to obtain is worth sinning against such love and kindness. Hmm. So we, she's trying to lead us back to the problem. She's freeing us from the striving that yes. comes from disbelief. Yes. By actually embracing the fact that in what Second Peter says, in him we have all things necessary for, for, uh, for godliness. Life and, and godliness. Life and godliness. Thank you. And she's basically calling us to that and saying that anytime we experience something like this, it's because we've somehow forgotten that we do, in fact, have everything that we yes. need yep. in Christ, in yep. the gospel. Right. And so our fighting amongst each other, I mean, just think about when what your fights <clears throat> usually are about with your spouse, right? What do we fight about? Your malfeasance every yep. time. Every time. Your, um, ma- your malfeasance. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's changed. Okay. So we're almost 20 years in. Yeah. It's evolved a lot. It, it 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 used to be. I think we had a season of just you know you ruffle we ruffle each other's feathers because yeah. of uh, misunderstandings or selfishness that yeah. has been that's bubbled to the surface. Things that I want that you don't want, or things that you want that I don't want, and yeah. the conflict therein. Uh, and then in the middle, I think 
uh, we would we would fight about life circumstance yeah. a little bit more. We say fight. That's kind of our vernacular. We would argue. Yeah. We would have contention. We would have conflict. What do you mean life circumstances? Exactly? Well, like if uh, finances. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We're off the rails. Or, yeah. or, and I was feeling stressed. Uh, you would sense that stress. and Or maybe I would, you know, I would snap at you in a way or you would snap at me because you could you sense. snap. <laughs> you're going to make me snap. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some passions that are warring inside of us, right? Yeah, Desires and a, for. And a faithlessness. Desire. In yep. that season. Uh, to turn the tables, to turn the turntables on you a little bit. <laughs> you had uh, a season of really um, frustration around being a, a mother of our young first daughter mm-hmm. and feeling as if, uh, you know, our community wasn't nearby and there was a, um, a kind of a, you were forlorn in yeah. that moment, in that yeah. period of our, of our marriage. Uh, there's a lot of chaos around child rearing as well. And that, that has caused a good bit of tension right. um, that we've had to work through and find new ways to process. Um, and then there's always the, you know, the sexual stuff, right? Like uh, missed expectations, missed uh, just connection that's not happening and frustration and that ensues from all those sorts right. of things. And I think the theme throughout all of that is this, A, okay, usually it's passions warring within us. Right. Internally or within, you know, against each other. Well, and it being within us, sorry to interrupt, is it means it's deep. There's something that is like we may fight about something and quarrel, but there's a deeper issue, like mm. Elise was talking about, a deeper like either disbelief or uh, I think even I I th- I would throw idolatry out in the ring there because you're warring for something that is that you desire maybe above what God desires in that instance. Sure. Um, so that theme being that 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 depth of kind of dysfunction that warring right. within. Right. But another theme being the fact that almost in every one of those, being quick to apologize, mm-hmm. eager to repent fast to forgive right in other words keeping short accounts like we're talking about uh that that i think was a theme in terms of the breakthrough from that season when we kind of stopped this is going to sound weird but we kind of stopped caring so much about the, the the various offenses we were experiencing right in other words like we weren't I, seeking justice <clears throat> so much as we were seeking i think just reconciliation we just that's when the breakthrough began to yeah, happen yeah now justice can be served in those sense. And that's why repentance is so important because repentance is a means by which we get a sense of justice in light of the gospel. When I can recognize in my own heart, a disbelief in what God has promised and what he's done, or that I've sinned some, some, in some way against my wife to, to confess that sin is to acknowledge it. And to me, that's a sense of, of giving, letting justice work its course. Yes. Is when you confess a sin earnestly. Yeah. But then I think the fruition of that is the the eagerness to repent, which repentance biblically is a turning and a and a and a and a right. rejection of the sin. So right. it's not just like, oh, I've sinned, it's not but I'm going to let the sin a- coexist. But I'm going to reject it. I'm going to okay. mortify it. and I'm going to turn from it. Right. I think it's more than an apology. I, I honestly think mm, repentance yeah. is more than an apology. Like you can apologize and say I'm sorry, but until you actually repent, right? If you're not repenting and turning from hmm. what you're doing, it's it's it feels almost impossible to forgive. But yet we're see we are still called to forgive. I mean, Jesus says seventy times seven because we've been forgiven so much. Yeah, I think there's a there there's is, an argument there. <laughs> well, so the apologizing and then the repenting and then the forgiveness would be kind of like the I'll use the word consummation of that process. Right. Now, what you just raised is an important thing. Is is your forgiveness contingent upon my repentance or my apologizing? 
I think the full reconciliation is contingent upon those things. Right. Uh, but, but forgiveness. Forgiveness is not contingent no. upon those things. Uh, a forgiveness is a, is, a, is a statement from one person, the offended person, to the offender to say, I am not going to hold this offense against you. Right. And I can't. On the moral T account of our lives. Right. Because, yeah, because, and that goes back to what Matthew what, 18 or 11. I can't hold this offense against you because mm-hmm. Christ hasn't hold my, held my offenses against me. Right. My T account has been brought, not just to current, but it's been credited with the righteousness right. of Christ. Right. By the grace of Christ. Right. And he's asked, he's commanded, not asked, he's commanded, commanded me to right. extend that same level of forgiveness to you, which we're going to read that at some point here. Right. Um, are we going to read that passage from Matthew 18? Matthew 18, yeah. Okay. Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came up to him and said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still still forgive him up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, but since he did not have the means to repay, his master commanded that he be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the master of that slave felt compassion and he released him and forgave him the debt. Mm. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So this fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he would pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and it came at, and came and reported to their master all that had happened. Then summoning him, his master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave? Hmm. In the same way that I had mercy on you, his master moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he would repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Hmm. Um, just a little convicting there. <laughs> uh, and, and also uh, unequivocal in, in, what it me- in what it's saying. It's like there's not a lot left for interpretation there. Right, right. Jesus is painting this picture of the heavenly father as someone who would hand over an unforgiver to to the torturer until the debt is repaid. Now, here's the thing. We'll never repay our debt to we God. We never could or never can, yeah. This, I forget what the modern day equivalent of what this servant owed the king, but it's like millions of right. dollars. It's right. like it's like as if you pitched the, the king on a business idea that was the new great, and he <laughs> gave you all the money you needed and it completely flopped. Uh, it would be the equivalent of that. Right. It's not like, it's not like a mortgage is what I'm trying to say. And so uh, the, the point here is that, and especially when you're in the middle of being tortured, there's no way you can work to earn money <laughs> to pay right. back the debt. So the point is, is that we are unequivocally called to forgive others. Right. To the tune of millions of moral dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> An unsurmountable moral debt right. that's been paid for us. And I know that's hard to hear if you've been hurt badly. Uh, And so I would ask you to ask the Lord to help you with that and to come to grips with what that might look like for you. But, but there's no, there's no biblical way for us to hold uh, forgiveness back to withhold forgiveness from somebody who's sinned us, sinned against us and especially our spouse. Right. So, and I think, you know, you, you brought up the, the question of 
is there a biblical time frame for when you're supposed to forgive? Because, you know, as married folks, sometimes it's easier, it feels easier anyways to be unforgiving. Yeah. Right. Um, and anger ne isn't necessarily a sin, as we see in Ephesians 4. Uh, it's uh, uh, Paul's writing, let's see, 426. I don't know if we should start further up. He's talking about the, yeah, the Christian walk, talking to, to the, the Gentiles. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Verse 26, be angry and do not sin yet, and do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Right. So it's it's he's showing us that by by not forgiving, you are actually opening the door for the enemy to be able to begin let's, working on your heart, I guess, or to allow bitterness to take root, right? Let's talk a little bit, though, about the, the interplay, I guess, between anger and forgiveness. Right. Because one of the questions we raised is what, what begets what or what precedes what? In other words, if I'm, okay, you raised the question, is there a time frame on our forgiveness? On when we should. On when we should forgive. Right. Well, I think wisdom compels us to, to do it as quickly as we can. Right. But biblically speaking, I don't know of a, of, a, of a command like the anger command that we just read in Ephesians, which the anger command, I would argue, is not time bound. He does say do not let the sun set on your anger, but I think what Paul is doing there is he's giving us a uh, he, he's 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 trying to remove yeah. the tendency for some to let the anger stew. Right. He's trying to let a fire and, and say you really need to deal with it. You need to deal with it and, yeah, and not let it just kind of lazily pass by. Or well, I mean, think about even whenever just, you're making a decision. Yeah. Uh, one wise thing to do is to sleep on it. Why? Because when you sleep on it, your brain has a chance to reset. You wake up, you've got, it's all new in a sense. Mm -hmm. You can think about it with a fresh mind without any of the previous kind of uh, other stuff of the previous day in there. Now, with that's great when you're making big decisions. I think it's wise. When you're angry, what, what can happen is if you have an anger that, you know, your spouse does something against you, say you sin against me in some way and I'm angry about it and I choose not to address it that night. Now, instead of addressing it, I go to bed and I'm angry. I've got my brow furled as I'm laying, You're sleeping. laying my huge head on my pillow at night. <laughs> and I, I fall asleep with my brow furled. And while I'm sleeping, it unfurls. <laughs> and I wake up refreshed. Uh, I've forgotten about how I felt. Now I remember the offense, but I don't know. I no longer have the, the emotional impetus to deal with it. Yeah. And so what can happen is if now we've not used that as an opportunity to, to draw closer to God, we've not used that as an, as an opportunity to understand each other, to confess our sin to one another, to, mm -hmm. to be known and loved by one right, another. Right. Instead, we've swept it under the rug and there it will begin to fester and right. there it will begin to rot the floorboards of our marriage until, you know, if we do that long enough, pretty soon you've got your whole crawl space is full of rot. Right. Well, and I think it's also, you know, we're probably talking to people who their trust has been broken in a big way. And you're like, well, how can you say you have to forgive him? Like he cheated on me or she, you know, she did this and we, she lied to me. And, uh, you know, those are things that you definitely need to be working towards reconciliation. And part of reconciliation is addressing the anger, uh, in order to be able to forgive and forgiveness still needs to happen quick but don't mistake the words forgiveness and trust because just because you forgive someone doesn't mean again you go back to that same level of trust trust requires time it requires being rebuilt uh and god is uh god has forgiven us so much immediately i mean he's already forgiven our sins of the future right and so i don't uh, think about that how profound that is that we how god has told us 
forgiveness is not an option for you. Yeah. But he's not said trusting again in the same way is not an option for you. He's right. not said that. Right. And so it leads me to at least think along the lines of forgiveness is mostly about the one forgiving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, it, when, like, when we've received the forgiveness of God in Christ, it's all about him. Right. Like, right. It's all about, yeah, it's I, all about the person. And, and I, I just want to share this real quick because it's timely. I was with some men last night. We were um, having dinner talking about theology. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, and one of the guys I, I'm getting to know, he shared his testimony and he, he, he has this incredible testimony. I'm not going to share it, but it's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. I shared it with you last night and what struck, what stuck out to me was he, he said he, he had spent his entire life blaspheming God, rebelling against God, rejecting the gospel. He had like he goes, outright. Yeah. He says, I've been, I was given Christian parents and I rejected the gospel. I rejected mm-hmm. what they taught me. And then he went through a, a really kind of traumatic thing. And in the middle of that, he's crying out to God. And he said, I rejected God my entire life. And the second I cried out to him, he responded to me. And he said, mm. and he loved me and he, mm. and he accepted me. And to me, that is just like the quintessential gospel. Like yeah. we spend our lives rejecting God. And then as soon as we call out to him, he says, yes, come. Mm. And uh, so that forgiveness is all about him. Right. It's not about, it, it, it's, it allow, it's almost like, that passage in, uh, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians, as far as the east is from, from the west, so he has removed our transgressions from us. Right. Maybe that's a, I think that might be a psalm. Right. Point is, is like, try to measure the distance between from the east to the west. What's the distance there? You it's cannot, infinite. yeah. Um, sorry, I, I didn't mean to keep going on that point, but that's just, it's so profound how forgiveness is right not tied to trust in a way, because right. the forgiveness is not they're, they're of different categorical significance. Right. And if you go for a few more verses down in this passage, um, in Ephesians 4, uh, it, it ends the chapter with saying, all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ is also forgiving mm. you. So forgiveness is definitely an action that is continual, that is going to be uh, a practice and a discipline within your own marriage. And by the grace yeah. of God, you can forgive. And it, it requires trust. It requires humility. Uh, when I say trust, it requires trusting God and his word that his way is, is higher, it's better, it's bigger, it's going to lead to reconciliation in life versus trusting in our own emotions and feelings in that very moment of not wanting to forgive, right? It requires yeah. self-control, uh, reigning in those emotions that would rather keep us uh, distanced and divided from our spouse. I mean, the f- self-control is, a, is the fruit of the spirit and the fruit is there to be consumed and used when it's time to use it. It's good. Right? And we glorify God when we submit in the, in our in whatever we're feeling. When we submit to him, when we we give him glory. And it's an act of love, right? Ultimately, forgiveness is stems from an act of love, acknowledging that your spouse is valuable, you know, that yeah. grace is is given and it is something that we can't we have to continually focus and remind ourselves that we can't just sit in the failings of our spouse or sit in our own inability, you know, to to get it and to not like mess up mm. or to not sin so much. But God's, we are sealed for the day of redemption. That was Ephesians 4. And it's by God's strength that we can mm. forgive even the gravest sin, right, within our marriage. I want to take a moment and just kind of separate some of these things categorically. So we have in marriage, there's there's varying degrees of mm-hmm. being hurt, right? right. Or, being, or even offended. Yeah. yeah. So like a, a surface offense would be kind of, you know, I, I said I would take the garbage out and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So in a way I offended you, but it's more of an annoyance. Right. I haven't, 
if I lied, I sinned against you, but it's, you know, it's it not was, like yeah. a deep It wasn't intentional, wound. yeah. Then there's the other stuff where it's, you have kind of the festering stuff where mm -hmm. it's the dysfunction that, it's the tinder that, that gathers on the forest floor of your right. marriage. It's just right. it's waiting for the lightning bolt to set right. the blaze. Uh, and then there's, so that's the second category. And the third category I would say is like the catastrophic failure mm -hmm. where, you know, a husband, a husband or wife has an affair or an emotional affair or you know, the husband is addicted to pornography for, mm. for years and yeah. finally the wife catches him in it or the wife is reaching out to an old uh, friend, boyfriend or whatever. And is, you know, you know, uh, tiptoeing into the waters of an emotional affair. Yeah. Uh, and those, so there's going to be different categories in how you deal with this, but the, I think the call is the same keeping short accounts. Now what happens in, if you have a big catastrophic thing that happens, uh, um, where one of you offends the other is it's going to take more work to get that account back up to current. Yeah. So it's, it's not like I just, I accidentally bought, you know, instead of spending a hundred dollars at the grocery store, yeah. I spent 200. So I'm a hundred in debt. No, this is like, oops, I bought a house. So mm -hmm. now we need to pay down that debt. Right. Well, it's going to take time. Now keeping short accounts isn't, we're not saying deal with that quickly, get over it. That's no. not what we're saying. We're saying get to the work of dealing with right that and forgiveness account. i think opens the door and begins that process of right. getting to the work like i forgive you and then going back when you are angry with them for maybe that large uh offense and reminding yourself christ has forgiven me i have forgiven him uh not him in christ but i've forgiven my spouse okay i need to like get to this right. point where i can take this next step like we need god's strength to help us do those things and that's that's key like if we try to do that on our own strength um you're gonna fail and that's where we have to really keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Right. And, and R.C. Sproul, he at that famous moment when he's kind of uh, he's talking about something. I can't remember the and, and the laugh and the the audience. It's like a panel, and the audience kind of chuckles. And he looks at them. He goes, "What is wrong with you people?" And he and they all laugh again because they think he's joking. And he's like, "No, I'm serious. You guys have a you have too high a view of yourselves and too low a view of God, or something mm -hmm. to that effect." And what he's getting at is when we behold God for who he is and we behold ourselves for who we are, yeah. the only response is the need for a giant, massive cross, a giant, massive savior. Christ becomes more glorious, mm -hmm. the greater the gap between us and God. And so, and that, that I think is the, that's, that has to be the starting point for, for true, authentic, sustainable forgiveness, especially yeah. in these moments when you feel like your marriage is shattered, you feel like your trust has been shattered. If you are looking to your spouse and saying, how can I forgive you again? You're not going to find the answer. Right. You must look to Christ. We must turn our eyes, fix them on Christ. And that is really the essence of the gospel mm -hmm. is that we are forgiven in Christ, not because of what we've done, but because of who God is, what he's done. Mm -hmm. Not because of our love for God, but because of his love for us. He came down, he rescued us. Like in Ephesians, we're reading out of Ephesians right. today. In Ephesians, it says, you know, you were once dead, but you've been made alive in Christ. And uh, there's this idea: dead people don't cry out. Dead people don't reach. Yeah, we have to be rescued. We have to be brought back mm -hmm. to life. I, I can't cry out for myself. I've been rescued, and that's the message of the gospel. So, if you want to, if if you want to know that truth for yourself, in other words, if you want to place your faith in Christ, that you want to be made right with God because of what he's done, not because of your moral merit, but because of Christ's perfection. Mm -hmm. uh, we want that for you. Uh, and we believe with all our hearts that that is the only way to salvation. And so we have a website set up for you so you can go start that journey. We encourage you to find a pastor, a friend, a Christian friend, somebody to talk to so you can begin mm -hmm. 
being discipled. Uh, and the website we have for you is thenewsisgood.com. Okay, let's, is that, that's the, is that the episode? It definitely I, can be. I, I think of, I just want to encourage people to be quick to repent, be quick to forgive, right? Do what it takes to reconcile, address the anger immediately, uh, submit to Christ, forgive one another, remember the compassion and mercy that he has shown mm. you. And if you don't know that, again, go to thenewsisgood.com and begin digging into who God is and you will not be disappointed. Uh, I just want to, I think, shine a little bit of light on Forgiveness really does help preserve and protect your covenant uh, for the purpose that God has ordained that is even beyond your own family, right? There's generations that are to come. And so protect your covenant, strengthen your covenant, keep your unity strong through uh, forgiveness that God's called us all as believers to embrace. And I just, I would would highlight there are very practical reasons for why that forgiveness is a good yeah. idea because yeah. you know one of the obvi- most obvious ones is divorce is a horrible process and divorce is in every way it's damaging yeah that's a pra- practical reason uh but I, I also want to say like responding to the commands of god with obedience submission and humility mm-hmm. toward him will almost always have a better material outcome and what i mean by that is like it's going to go better for you if you learn how to forgive others yeah. the way Christ is forgiving. Like that's going to be materially better yeah. for you. It's burdensome. Now, it's not a guarantee that everything's going to go well all the time, but I'm saying that there's there's these commands are not arbitrary. And God is not just giving us rules because he's a rule-giving God. He's giving us rules because he knows how uh, how how, to, how we flourish because yeah. he designed us. Right, so good. Let's pray. Father God, uh, I know that this is a hard topic for some. Forgiveness, keeping short accounts, that uh, sometimes it's easier to not deal with hard things with an offense uh, when trust has been, has been betrayed mm-hmm. or there's been um, uh, significant pain. So, Lord, I pray that you would give a special grace mm-hmm. to the husbands and the wives who are dealing with a, kind of that next level of pain, whatever that is for them. I pray that uh, you would help them first, first and foremost to behold you and your glory as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Lord, help them also to see themselves rightly in light of not only who you are, but God, who they used to be before you, before they knew you, or that they might experience forgiveness uh, in their own hearts toward one another and keep short accounts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There she is. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I want to encourage you once again, if you haven't yet, check out the Fierce Parenting Podcast. That one we've been doing for about a year. We love it um, because obviously we're right in the thick of it. <laughs> And we don't pretend to know everything. We do share kind of what works for us. We share, we kind of process through things. We're starting a new series um, this week. And I don't know how long it's going to be. It's going to be at least 10 weeks, maybe 15 weeks. But we're going to be going through uh, in great detail uh, some of the kind of the hot, uh, is that the right term? The hot kind of cultural things that as parents we need to be considering in how we disciple our children, not just for their sake, but for their children's sake and for their children's children's sake and their children's 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 sake so we're going to be walking through that on the parenting side so we'd love for you to join us if you are a parent or looking forward to being one other than that this episode of fierce marriage is in the can see you again in seven days until next time stay fierce